Hi folks, Danielle here. Just wanted to let you know this episode carries a brief content warning for a mention of a sexual assault in a movie. So just a brief, brief, brief content warning for that. Thanks a lot. Hello everyone and welcome to East Coast Office Hours. I am Danielle the EIC in this joint. I am still Twitterless and still mad about it, but you know what? It's fine because I'm here in my childhood home and I have the most special guest anybody will ever have. I have my own mother, Mrs. Patricia Riendo, here today with me. Merritt is on assignment. Actually, Merritt was on assignment and then we had decided to do a mom thing. And so Merritt is, is very nicely uh, giving up her seat for my mom. Mom, say hi. Hi, everyone. That's my mom. I'm so proud. I'm so excited. Nice to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So, Mom, I talk about you a lot on the podcast. I'm not going to lie. I talk about you and your many influences upon me. Uh, Many of them, you know, obviously, I I work in entertainment. You know, the entertainment business. (laughs) I mean, not exactly. I think I know that. Sort of. (laughs) Well, and I talk a lot about the kinds of movies that you enjoy and the kinds of influences you've had on a young Danielle and my sort of taste in movies. So I want to talk to you about movies and your taste in movies. I love movies. I know you do. (laughs) Do you want to tell the folks, uh, all the folks, there are many folks who listen here, I hope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to tell them about what kinds of things you enjoy watching, especially? I love sci-fi. Yeah. I love disaster movies. Oh, I know. I'm a sucker for a good romance. Um, Lately, though, I found drawn to movies that describe biographies of actual people. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's kind of good. Like, Like what kinds of... What what are those? Oh, I'm thinking of First Man, for example. Sure. That was really excellent. And Bridge of Spies. Oh, Bridge of Spies is a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sully with Tom Hanks. You got a Tom Hanks thing, I see. Oh, definitely. We've got a a whole... Well, First Man is not Tom Hanks, but it's, you know... He obviously played, of course, Commander Jim Lovell yes. in Apollo 13, <laughs> a great movie also about <laughs> the Apollo program. So, Which we all love. Um, I'm kind of drawn lately in, in my uh, maturity in life to characters who actually existed and kind of did the right thing. Yeah. It's probably a, a product of my uh, generation and moral upbringing, but um, I'm, I seem to be dr- drawn to that lately. Yeah. Oh, I think that's pretty wonderful. I uh, I just have my notes here because I always have notes. Uh, but I also uh, realized that I got a lot of my movie taste from you. Uh-oh. Obviously from Dad as well. I love, actually, Westerns, and I love historical movies, and mm-hmm. I love all kinds of stuff that, you know, very much comes from my dad. But I grew up being obsessed with sci-fi and obsessed with Star Wars and Star Trek and just any sci-fi thing I could get my hands on. Later in life, I've been pinpointing. I'm like, oh, I think that's my mom's influence. I think that's because of my mom. Also, horror, which I didn't like as a kid. I used to be scared of horror when I was a little kid. Well, you were... That was my favorite thing. I know. As as a child, you were kind of limited to what kind of horror we would let you see. Yeah, of course. I mean, I can remember <laughs> one Jurassic Park. Well, that's not horror, but... Oh, it has horror element. There's a, a scary one element. scary scene in that movie, for sure. <laughs> well, there are a few. 
but how, how old were you then? Nine. Nine or ten. And we, yeah. it was a big debate about whether we should allow <gasps> you to see that. Oh, well, boy. We you want to, you know, have the kid in our bed for three months afterwards <laughs> or on the couch in later years forever. <laughs> so we were somewhat careful about what we would let you see. Yeah, I um, think that's and, fair. And then there's the whole genre of Disney movies, of um, which I think were good examples of, you know, good versus evil, you know, morality wins out, people doing the right thing, even though it was difficult. Those are kind of seeds we wanted to implant, you know, regarding entertainment. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty good, and that's probably pretty common for, you oh, know, sure. American kids to grow yeah. up with Disney movies and have, you know, some limitations on what they watch, which makes a lot of sense. But I also was always drawn to weird things. I always liked weird things and surreal oh, me things. too. So I think there's, I, I think the first movie I remember ever watching as a little kid was one of the Star Wars movies. Like, I remember C-3PO. I remember having, like, a clear mm-hmm. view of C-3PO, and I didn't really understand if he was good or evil because I was so young. We probably watched it on TV. It was probably yeah. one of those where it was like, oh, kids, you know, and it was like an event. Like we, you know, it was there was popcorn. There was a small dish <laughs> of approved candy oh, yeah. to eat. <laughs> and we watched Star Wars and I was probably like, what's that? This is great. <laughs> well, I think the whole Star Wars saga has a lot of universal appeal Oh yeah, through the years. I mean, look at the great fan base that still goes on through today. You know, not only the movies, but all the, you know, related things that go along with it. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's just very formative. I remember being a little kid who loved that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I just loved the adventure and the otherworldliness of Mm -hmm. it and the surreal elements and the aliens and the robots. The fantasy of it was very appealing to me. Absolutely. There's another thing, Mom, that I've been going back to from my younger years. (laughs) Well, you have a lot to do with this, too. I have been, so I've been watching Voyager again, Star Trek Voyager. Oh. But we, I grew up watching The Next Generation. Remember, Mm -hmm. we watched, like, the whole series when I was about 10. It was actually probably right after the show ended and it started syndicating back again. Um, But I remember watching the whole series with you. Like, you and Daddy, and we would watch the whole show, seven Mm -hmm. seasons of The Next Generation, it was right after we watched Generations, the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? This is like mid nineties. Rides a horse. Picard absolutely. Rides a horse. This is a whole thing in my family, <laughs> friends. <laughs> you know how you have things with your family where it's like there's a scene in a movie and you get real excited about it, and then it becomes like a meme within your family. <laughs> well, the sequence where Picard goes into the Nexus to try to get Kirk to help him with whatever Soren, I think. Yeah, save the world. Save the world, of course, because <laughs> he does that a lot. There's this whole sequence where they're riding horses, like, inexplicably in the middle of this movie. They're just riding horses a lot. I don't know who started it. It was myself or my sister or my mom here. And somebody's just like, Picard rides a horse. <laughs> and, then, and then the next shot, Kirk comes in and it's, Kirk rides a horse. And then the two of them are riding together and whoever started it, this is, look, listen. Sometimes this shit is very entertaining. And then whoever started <laughs> at it. At the moment. At, at, at one point, the three of us were chiming in. It was, Picard and Kirk ride horses together. That's and then right. it was the sequel. They ride horses alongside the river. And it's just like this whole, I mean, it's a really stupid scene. If you go back and watch the movie, they're riding these horses for like 10 minutes. And it just does nothing to move the plot forward. But they had horses for whatever reason that day. Maybe, you know. Maybe William Shatner had it in his contract. Like, I'll show up and I'll do a death scene, but you need to put me on a horse for 10 minutes in this movie. And God bless, they had to do something. If you think about it, there's a lot of weird things in that movie. Like, 
the whole beginning of it is on a sailing ship. You know, Data right, throws Crusher right. over water. They were in the, what do you call it? The <laughs> old the fantasy room. What, what did they call the it? Holodeck. When, the holodeck. The yes. holodeck, yes. They're in the holodeck. But I thought it was a good transition. Yeah, I mean, the... it, 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 you know, shifts the baton from one crew mm-hmm. to the other, at least on the big screen. Yeah. And then they never, well, they never really did that again. It's not like they then shifted the baton from the Next Generation crew to the Deep Space Nine crew to the Voyager crew. Although, of course... We, we know that, you know, Captain Janeway shows up in Nemesis. Vicky, we can't spoil it for Vicky, what oh, happened. No. We can't spoil it, because we're, we're in the fifth season now. Voyager's actually much better than I remember it being, so I'm happy about that. I watched an episode last night. Uh, oh. I think it's the new Voyager with, with uh, Captain Dis- Christopher Pike. Oh, the... um. Discovery? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. I have only watched the first season of Discovery. That's kind of next oh, okay. on the list. I'm going back through older series the and then I'll watch it. The first one I'd seen, it was pretty good. I liked the first season of Discovery. I just haven't caught up yet. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a new show starting in August. There's an animated show uh, based on Lower Decks, which is an episode of The Next Generation where, I don't know if you remember this one, but it's uh, it's a bunch of junior officers. Oh, cool. You know, instead of being like, oh, the, you know... Picard and Riker and Crusher. It's like the young, you know, yeah. they just finished the academy and, oh, their their job. And it's like, oh, Commander Riker said this to me the other day. And it's very funny and interesting to see that perspective. Oh, that so that's cool. the uh, the focus of the new mm-hmm. show. I have been doing, in the quarantine, a Star Trek night with Jacqueline. You know my friend Jacqueline. Yes. And a bunch of, of her friends. And they pick an episode from all across Star Trek, any of the series, the original series, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine. We've done Voyager. We've done Enterprise. All kinds of stuff. We just pick an episode. We talk about it. They set it up a little bit. We watch the episode together in a little chat. And then we do a Zoom chat where we all talk about the episode mm-hmm. and like, oh, this is a cool, this is a cool element, things like that. So... Star Trek is something else I, I owe to my mom. So back to Generations, yeah. you started to say that how this... Baton? The baton and yeah. watching the movie sparked something for you. Yeah, a lot of things. I mean, mm-hmm. it. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say no if Starfleet showed up today and said, you want to captain a starship. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up wanting to be an explorer. I grew up wanting to be curious about the world. I grew up wanting to be deeply moral about everything I approached in grew, the world. You grew up wanting to be an astronaut. I did my we whole life. Actually, it's funny we time. talked about that on this podcast last week. That okay. how I want to be, still want to be That's an funny. astronaut. But it had a huge impact on me, like wanting to be these things. Like Star Trek had a very positive impact on me of wanting to be uh, you know, make good decisions and be good to people and also kind of, um, you know, go out there and be adventurous and do things that were maybe scary sometimes but would have a positive impact. So, The Prime Directive, do you remember oh, that? Oh, I you can't know. forget the Prime Directive. You know, oh. do, sort of like do no harm. Janeway kind of... <laughs> Janeway does away with it every now well, and then. <laughs> I think they all do. But... Yeah, you know, when the situation calls for it, sometimes the Prime Directive needs a little kick in the ass. And just a little boot in the butt. Yeah. You know what I'm Gets saying? Get you going. Well, yeah. Let's talk about disaster movies. Oh, one of my You are favorite. in love. Oh, and it gosh. feels like the dumber, the better with Here some of these. <laughs> the, what I call the guilty pleasure movies. Yeah. What are some of your favorites of those? Oh, my absolute favorite is Twister. Oh, my hands, God. Hands down. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me why you like Twister. So bad I know it. Well, again... As a child, 
you kind of like, I always liked sci-fi because, oh, this is weird and this could never yeah. happen. And what, what the heck is this? Yeah. And I think it goes back to Wizard of Oz. The, oh, yeah. The, uh, what do you call it? Not the hurricane, the... Oh, yeah, the tornado. The twister, the yeah. tornado. I was fascinated by that. So oh. that, that kind of followed along. And then you have this movie where, oh, my God, these people chase these things and it's science and... You actually had five great scenes of, of tornadoes. Yeah. And... I mean, the actors in that movie are no slouch either. They're actually no. very good performers. It's not like, you it's know... It's a good thing. Like <laughs> Jim from down the street or whatever. Like, know. You know, Jim from the community theater. It's like really good performers yes. were very much, you know... Most of them went on to, well, from there to do other, you know, good yeah. performances too. Yeah, so. well, of course, your your buddy Bill Paxton. Oh, well, he passed a couple of years ago. I kind know. of sad. It Very, is sad. Kind of young. He was only, what, mid-50s? Yeah, it is sad. Yeah. I mean, he's also in one of your other favorite movies, which isn't a disaster movie. But well, he's in Apollo 13. He's in Apollo 13, which is a another family favorite. I'm pretty sure my entire family can quote. Yes. Like, with, like, 75% <laughs> accuracy, mm-hmm. every line in that movie. Like, there would be some screw-ups here and there, but, like, for the, the most part, you could do, like, a, you know, a four-person reenactment of every scene yeah. in that movie. But you talk about disaster movies, yeah. and I guess it, it is sort of a guilty pleasure never having had to live through one of those. I'd have a freaking heart attack yeah, if we had an earthquake. You lived through hurricanes. Yeah, hurricanes and blizzards, but, I mean, you, you can kind of predict those coming. Those things like tornadoes and earthquakes are... Oh, gosh, it's happening. Well, this is a very, it's very good because you're bringing this up on East Coast office hours. I genuinely oh. think that wherever you live, you're more attuned to the type of disaster Correct. that you will encounter, encounter on that coast. Because when I lived on the West Coast, it's not that people weren't afraid of earthquakes. They were, absolutely. They're destructive and terrifying. But it wasn't the same as, like, you know my fear of it not having grown up with it it was like i don't know what this is versus like oh yeah hurricanes and blizzards we get those every day (laughs) (laughs) not every day but we're used to that we're used to oh yeah you tape the windows and you do this and you do that and you do the things that you do to prepare for your particular disaster Disaster. versus you know the type of things they might have out there it's like oh yeah you go to the you know the doorway or whatever i i don't know it's just it's funny to me I feel like that's you don't a pretty... put a bookcase over your bed or yeah, which <laughs> yeah, okay. right here, <laughs> plenty of that exactly. Well, it's it's just funny. It's what you're used to. I'm sure people in other places are more used to other mm-hmm. environmental hazards and disasters For sure. and so on. Uh, but yeah, it. <laughs> I always get uh, pretty scared of volcano movies because that I to love me volcano. I yes, know, I know that that's liquid rock. <laughs> That's gonna burn you like that. Oh gosh, <laughs> terrifying! I know. What's the one we all like with Pierce? Oh, Dante's 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 Peak. Peak yes. I think. Oh yeah, we watched well, that not too long ago. That still holds up. Oh yeah. And the other one with Anne Hesh and Tommy Lee Jones. Just a volcano, isn't volcano, it? Volcano. Yes, the coast is toast. The coast is toast. <laughs> remember that? Oh, God. Those are both excellent. I think they came out the same year too. That seems to and happen weirdly. Yeah, they they follow a pattern. Yeah. Oh, those were both great. Yeah. yeah. Is there something particular about that type of movie that's fun for you? Like, oh, there's a very specific bad thing that's happening and everybody kind of works together or and that's like appealing to you? Or is it like there's a bad thing 
and we need to use science to get around it or a bad thing and we have to I'm just wondering if there's like a, a well, thing you identify as like that's fun to watch fun to watch because you hope it will never happen where you're at <laughs> sure and you kind of count on that oh that's never going to happen here I'm going to you know <laughs> see what happens on on the screen because a movie is not real. You know, you kind of tell of yourself course, that so but... you can enjoy the effects without the, the consequences. Yeah. I mean, if it actually did happen, forget it. People would be <laughs> crapping their pants and, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, what do I do? What do I do? I mean, don't we see that with Contagion movies and then know, this is real yeah, life now? Yeah, I know, that's for sure. Well, so, I mean, there is a... I love horror because I think it's emotionally realistic. Mm-hmm. I love horror because, for many reasons, but because it lets me... Face a fear of, I mean, for me, everybody on this podcast knows, I have, like, bad OCD. And for me, being able to watch something that looks very directly at things like death and disease and decay and, like, our our very innate fears of becoming sick or becoming, you know, decrepit, like, looking at things that are monstrous is very refreshing to me because it feels like oh well we're being honest about the fact that we all find this horrifying (laughs) and we're not like being polite about it horror is not polite or cute about the fact that like oh no we're all afraid of this nobody wants their family members to die nobody wants to see this nobody wants to get sick nobody wants to become old and and fall apart and die and that's really what a lot of horror is dealing with is is looking at that head on and like a lot of horror too is some other power taking over yeah which is person we're all afraid of all the vampire movies oh yeah or oh the ones that really spook the crap out of me are the uh, you know satan movies oh possession movies possession movies because you know you bring your whole religious beliefs into this and these are supposed to be you know in some people's religious beliefs satan is real and you know you, or or some sort of for evil forces are real. Yeah. yeah. That. And spirits are real and can take over you. And, and But that speaks to a, a similar thing of losing control. Yeah. You know, you lose control of your body in some way. You know, body horror, like the Cronenberg type of body horror, like The Fly. Right. Favorite movie of ours. Oh, that's an It's all one. about losing the Jeff Goldblum yourself. one. It, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, the Cronenberg one, 87. Yeah. Great, great, great movie. Really scary because it's about becoming this other thing and yeah. losing your control and losing yourself. That's terrifying. But I love being able to watch something and get the catharsis of that and, and watch it and be like, okay, I'm directly encountering a fear that I know lives, you know, just one level down at all times. We're all afraid of stuff. We're all afraid of things. And, like, you're able to actually, like, sit there with it and look at it, and that's very refreshing. And enjoy it. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, not everybody enjoys horror. Not everybody likes that, which I get. Oh, I I, love the creepy special effects. I do, too. Look what they did there, you know. Oh, it's fun to look at that. It's fun to see, for me especially, to think, like, oh, how did they do this? I know. You know, you watch The Thing. (gasps) Love The Thing. One of my favorite movies, you know, the again, the um, Carpenter version. Right. And you're looking at some of this stuff, and you're just like, how did they do this? They actually... We did a, a podcast about the thing a few months ago and, and heard about, how, you know, how they did the uh, the chest burst scene with mm-hmm. the uh, with the paddles. Right. They actually had a double amputee go in with prosthetic arms. And so that shot was real when, when somebody's pulling back with, that, with less, less than two arms. So it, really interesting and cool stuff. It is. It is. Um, but that's the, the filmmaking part. So that's the puzzle part for me where I have a lot of fun thinking about how they made something versus the... 
you know, the fiction on screen, both parts are fun for me. Some people really like one or the other, kind of, but for me, both parts of that are very fun. Oh. Also, like, some of the, um, what you would call lessons behind. Oh, of course. You know, the sci-fi movies. Um, one in particular from the 50s, which still holds up the original, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And and really, it, it's an anti-war movie. Oh, yeah. Because that's kind of a warning. You know, if you continue to do this, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, that's continued in other films as well. That, uh, you know, that the doomsday of listen up, people. Yeah. Yes. Well, you grew up through all these eras, which is what's so interesting to me, is that you grew up um, in the 60s and, and were watching movies in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And you were, you know, a young adult you in the allowed. 70s. Yes. Well, yeah, when you were allowed, of course. But you're in a young adult in the 70s and, and you know, a, a young professional in the 80s and all this. And you've gone through all these sort of eras of American filmmaking firsthand. I only know about these things from taking classes, obviously. Oh, okay. But you were there. You were there in the context of, of these sure. things. Obviously, the day there stood still is before you were watching movies. That's very early. <laughs> but um, you were around in the, in the late 60s to watch some things. Do you remember when you were young? Like, any movies that were really impactful for you? I know Cleopatra's up there. Oh, yeah. But you were very actually, young. You were a kid, I think, when that Yeah, actually, out. The Day the Earth Stood Still was... I saw oh, was one. that the 60s? I yes. thought it was the 50s. I might no, have my facts No, it was made in the 50s, wrong. but there used to be... Oh, but they be, were, like, a, you saw it in a theater They or used to be yeah. when, when uh, network TV was big. There yeah. was a series called Saturday Night at the Movies. Oh. And every, you know, they would have from some really good films. And yeah. The Day the Earth Stood Still was one of them. And it always, That's you know, so cool. the robot dude. and Yeah, Klepto Marauder Sneak Dude, yes, something like yes, that, I think. Yes. I may have gotten that slightly wrong, but yeah. Yeah, everybody, it, it was really a good film. Yeah. And, and it had a big, ooh, you know. Yeah. This is good. I mean, it's fabulous. It's a fabulous movie. Um, Mainly as a child. Movies were a Disney film that mm. you were in. Going to the movies was a special occasion. Yeah. Let me tell you, you went downtown to the downtown area, the Aww. metropolitan area. There were like five theaters and, you know, very classy. Yeah. And, you know, you saw the film and you, you were incredibly impressed with the animation that, you know, came out of it. We didn't, you know, that was a, a thing we would go to. And it's a family on a budget, let me think. Well, moving along, probably 9, 10, 11. Friday nights at the local drive-in. You know oh, what a drive-in drive A drive-in movie was a big, big thing. And, you know, they'd show a couple of films. And, you know, we'd see those. But, of course, they had to be family-friendly. <laughs> um, sure, sure. This is a funny story. I remember <laughs> once we went, and it was a Western. And it was more adult. Oh. And uh, the plot was uh, the sheriff comes upon this horrible scene of, of, of a woman. I guess she had been attacked. And mm. he asks, somebody asked the sheriff, was, was she raped? Yeah. And the sheriff said, yes, she was. And I did not know this term. Oh, no. And I said to grandma, what is raped meant? And oh, grandma's my. all uncomfortable. Oh, it means she was choked. That oh, was, no. And, well, you know, they didn't want to, you know. You were too young. You too didn't young to, talk you about know, explain it. that. Yeah. But that, you know, always kind of stuck in my mind. Oh, I'm like, no. oh, that was, I think they regretted, you know, taking us to that movie. I mean, I'm sure they caught the 
the outlaws and they were punished, they certainly should have been. Right. But um, I do remember that one. But it was mostly your family films. I, yeah. Again, I keep hopping back to Disney, but they, they had... Oh, a film, The Shaggy Dog, for example. Oh, I know about that About the guy one. who takes a some kind of potion. Fred McMurray, actually. Yeah, played, it was McMurray. And turns him into a shaggy dog. And he's I, driving I around. The, I remember that's the big visual in that, yeah. that he drives around as a big dog. Yeah. And um, the one who plays in The uh, Parent Trap there, Haley. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She did, a, she did several movies that were always family friendly. One was Pollyanna. That, oh, that was a cute yeah. one. And The Parent Trap, things sure. like that that sure. you remember. Those were the types of films we were allowed. When you were little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that, it's not too far off. When I was little, I mostly watched Disney yeah. movies and very, you know, appropriate things. I remember um, I was not allowed to watch The Bodyguard, the Whitney oh, Houston no, vehicle, no, no. until I was, and I quote, 15. Okay. <laughs> you got to set limits. You don't no, know No, it's what... fine. It's perfectly fine. I was probably only 11 or whatever at the time. So it was like, I don't even think I saw it at 15 because at that point I was like, whatever, the bodyguard. And then like later on, I think in high school, I, you know, later in high school, I was like, oh yeah, I was supposed to watch this when I turned 15. Well, <laughs> it makes sense. It's perfectly I think acceptable. That was, you know, totally appropriate. There was a lot of violence in that and well and also yeah there was the the, the fan lang- the language did bad things yeah and <laughs> you know scary. i didn't think you should be seeing the sex and all that that's fine so it's fine to set limits for, yeah, for your yeah. kid i think that's very acceptable do you remember at all when as you grew older and had more independence when you started to drift towards any kind of movie and and like oh this one was really good this was exciting for well me. when you you started high school that you know you, you kind of not break out of the house, but you have more freedoms well, a and bit you, more. you start forming friendships. And I remember a movie I went on uh, on a date once. Oh, a hot date. And the movie was The Endless Summer. It was a big oh, hit at yeah. the time. It's a surfing movie. And I love all, that. That was really, that, that somehow sticks in my mind. Another series of movies that stick in my mind from, from childhood. Uh, had to do more with the uh, production um, mm. called Cinerama. Okay. Now you yeah. went, normally you went to a movie and it's a single screen and this. Well, then they, um, I mean, sure the technology was simple, but the the films were they were um, produced in a yeah a, a wider big, format. Wider format. Yeah. That's it. And you went to the theater, a special theater over here on Hope Street. Oh. So now, now the uh, ballet school. Okay. But you had to go to that specific theater, and it was three huge screens. Oh. This was, you know, earth-shattering. Yeah. And the co- first two were documentaries. One okay. Of, the first one, I believe, was called The Seven Wonders of the World. Oh. You know, legitimate historical, archaeological sure. movie. Then they started to move on to stories of... Sure. Um, I remember the first one, How the West Was Won. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it's seven stories on these three big screens. And that was kind of a breakthrough. To go to a Cinerama movie was, you know. Yeah. And then again, like popular things. Um, My Fair Lady, this big hoop-de-doo musical (laughs) is, uh, oh, let's go see that. And Cleopatra. Oh my gosh! Oh yes. yeah, I heard stories from Grandma that used to dress up as Cleopatra. You put you put on the record and you would dance around as Cleopatra. I certainly did. <laughs> I would. I had my own little, you know, little get little, up, <laughs> little fantasy going on. I had these veils. 
They were oh, yeah. orange and lime green, and I would put them around the stereo, and I'd <laughs> lie there on my pillow and listen to the music. That's great. Oh, my gosh. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. I had a, a very rich fantasy life. <laughs> I was old Cleo at age 10. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of little girls had wanted to be oh, old Cleo. Old Cleo. Elizabeth, uh, who, who, uh, what's her who? face? Elizabeth Taylor. Of course, Elizabeth Taylor. I don't know why I couldn't. Brain Cleopatra, who enjoyed many relationships oh, with different men. Many hot men in her life. Got to be, you know, top of the power chain. Good for you, lady. I mean, it's true. She she was. Yeah. yeah. That movie has so much more to do with 60s Hollywood than, you know, oh my God. actual antiquity. The <laughs> scandal that went on behind it was oh, yeah. incredible. Oh, yeah. So many marriages were upset. And, oh, boy. You know, Elizabeth Taylor gained her fifth husband. And oh, boy. Who was actually a Shakespeare Richard Burton? He yes. was an ex, a really good Shakespearean actor. Yeah, very classically trained. Yeah. So, oh, that was that was really funny. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's truly wonderful. But I, I I love the fantasy of movies. The yeah the escapism, so to speak. I mean, yes, and it doesn't always have to be. I do like movies that make you think, and yeah. and and maybe spark some intellectual uh, curiosity. But on the other hand, some days I just want to sit down and be entertained for a couple of hours. And, and, you know, the other category of the movie that you just want to see them blow up shit for two hours. I love those, too. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fun in that. There's a lot of fun in... I like a lot of... Myself, I love a lot of campy... Movies from the 80s, campy sci-fi from the mm-hmm. 80s, you know, or even before that. I love a lot of uh, movies that are their own thing in their own world. And you're really, they went for it and they had a lot of fun with it. And yeah, I, we, I mean, this isn't exactly campy, but Mary and I actually just watched Outland again last week. 1981, Sean Connery in space. Oh, Outlander. Isn't it Outland? Oh, no. Is it Outland? Is it Outland or Outlander? I forget. Oh, Out- that's... Either Outland or Outlander. That's but that one of a- Dad's favorites. That's, I love that movie. Well, it's basically a Western. It's basically a Western, but it kind of starts out as more of a detective story. If yes. you remember. So it's all in space. It's on a space colony. Right. Uh, really sort of classic... All the deaths due to the drug uh, exactly. overdoses. Exactly. And, yes. So it's Sean Connery is this new, you know, yep. uh, marshal in town. Marshal, yes. Uh, and it's a mining town that is, you know, on... It's all a company town, and it's on one of the moons of Jupiter. I think it's Io. And, you know, uh, it, it kind of shifts really nicely from being almost like a detective kind of feature to the into a western with shot right. you know I with know. shootouts and all this wild stuff and the whole company town and the you know town in the out out in the wild west kind of feel to it really interesting really that is cool a good movie. movie that's one of dad's favorites i love that one. yeah we should watch that again so we only have a couple minutes left but i wanted to ask you what you wanted to watch tonight because oh, usually gosh. when i come home we watch a lot of movies we're a oh. movie watching family here is it's, there anything you've been wanting to watch? It's in summer. We should watch one of our summer favorites. I mean, yeah. the girls, us girls, have not watched our Dirty Dancing I know, for uh, anniversary years. film, which I to- still totally love. Yeah, Although Dirty I'm Dancing not, is a is a true classic. Yes, I'm not a big rom com person normally. There are a couple I like, I. like you know, Bridesmaids or something like that. Yeah, that that's really funny. funny. Yeah, I'm not normally the boy meets girl. They really, yeah. Turn me off for Kinda some reason. Kind of make me gag a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely like, oh, well, gagging. Good for you. But, yeah. um, you know, I... Um, or we can pick a, you know, a favorite from 
this past year's Oscars, the oh. uh, the Hollywood one, which is... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh, I love that one. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't? I, I missed a lot of movies oh, this well. year. I'm not going to lie. That I, I don't think I went best. to a theater. I mean, you know, obviously since quarantine, I obviously haven't mm-hmm. been, but I... Did we even go to a movie theater earlier this year? April of last oh, year? Wow. That's not the last time we were in a movie theater. The last time you were in a movie theater was May. May of last year? Oh yeah, my May god. Well, that's one of the things I'm hating about the lockdown. I mean, I'm so grateful that there's so much so many good TV series that we've gotten into yeah. now on net on, on Amazon in particular, but I do miss going to the movies. And and I I I like going to the movies. It's fun. I hark back to when you were living in Boston a few years ago. Yeah. And we practically knew that Usher by oh the, my the God. Irish dude. We were there every I weekend know. watching a, a movie in the, you know, right on the comic. Yeah. There's and a re- pretty big movie theater Love right that there. theater and really enjoying Well, we went the to the little experience. one in, in Somerville as well yes. a few times. That one was super cute. It um, was. Yeah. So, yeah, I miss going to the movie. There's, there's something really fun about going to the movies and making like a night of it, you yeah. know, making like a, a an outing of it. Yeah. And, and watching something with a crowd is different from watching something, sure. you know, personally. And, and you really can't beat the big screen. I yeah, mean, it's lovely. I love movies at home and it's great to be comfortable in your own living room, but there's something about the big screen that's awesome. Yeah. Really. I love, I love at least aspects of it. Obviously the crowd depends, but I love that aspect of like, Oh, the crowd's laughing about something. Yeah. Oh, okay. It may have been Midsummer, the Midsummer premiere. That was September for you. September? Maybe, no, that was last, God, maybe June. But yeah, I, I saw the premiere for Midsummer with the mm-hmm. director was there. So that was kind of exciting. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it may have been the last time I went to a movie in a theater, which is wild. That means it's been a year. <sighs> anyway, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be another little while, but... Thank you, Mommy, so much for being oh, on my, my podcast. My pleasure. I uh, really, you know me. I love to talk. I so. really had fun talking about I uh, did some as well. of your cinematic history. Maybe we could do this again. We could do the later years. Sure. You know, because we mostly talked about when you were quite young. So. Yes, well. <laughs> There's still plenty of time to talk about I'm young about at movies. heart. Let's put it that young way. Young at heart and in love with the cinema. Absolutely. As ever. As ever. As forever is. So I'll, I'll read my little, um, my typical little outro here. So... We're about ready to close office hours for business. Thank you again to my mom. This is a special guest, my mother. Thank you. Who uh, instilled in me a love of sci-fi and fantasy and horror and all the really wonderful and weird things and also disaster movies. Hey, I did something right. Hey, the core. You did a lot of things right. Also, the core is better than it gets credit for being. (laughs) Maybe not better. It's not good, but it's pretty entertaining as a disaster movie. So anyway, uh, everyone, thank you again for listening. Please do rate and review the podcast. And you can listen to all of our good stuff at fanbyte.com slash podcast. We have a brand new podcast page, recently redesigned. It looks lovely. Thank you, Rocky, our, our sort of main developer, for making that look nice. It's like an NPR style. It's gorgeous now. I'm so happy. Uh, but you can find all our good stuff there. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok on Fanbyte, and of course on Fanbyte.com. You can watch all of our streams on twitch.tv slash Fanbyte. Thank you, listeners. And thank you, Mom. My and, pleasure. Uh, and I'll end with, all right, well, now office hours are closed for business. <laughs> all right. <laughs>